your go-to place for all the latest news from the Carolina Clash, Ultimate Late Models, SCDRA, and the Carolina Sprint Tour. This is Doing What John Dirt. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 32 of the Doing What John Dirt podcast. I'm your host, Evan McCrory. We had a full weekend of racing. I was at Cherokee Friday night for the Midi Super Late Models inaugural event, the Grassy Smith Memorial. And then Saturday night, I was with the Ultimate Super Late Models at Lancaster Motor Speedway. Again, another Big Ben beat up. But yeah, we got the Eldora Million coming up this week. I'm leaving Tuesday night. And to preview it, I bought I brought Big Old Mike back on with me. Uh, you've seen him in previous episodes, especially talking about late models, including Lernerville and uh, even way back in the beginning with Chili Bowl and stuff like that back in January. But today, our guest with me and Michael is going to be Chase Rodman. He is the World of Outlaws pit reporter. You also see him up in the booth sometimes. He's a California boy. He was the 2023 Chili Bowl pool champion the one year he couldn't make it. Uh, great talk previewing who has the best chances to take home a million and the Kings Royal this weekend. Bunch of money up for grabs. Uh, let's have a good episode. I hope you guys are doing good. Let's do it. Today on the Front Wheel Drive Friday Hotline, previewing the Eldora Million, I brought Big Mike back on with me. Uh, we talked to him a few weeks ago before the Firecracker 100 when I went up there at Lernerville Speedway. And then now bringing the band back together again, meeting up with a couple more of our buddies for the Eldora Million this upcoming week up in Ohio. And to join us to preview it even more, he is the pit reporter uh, for the World of Outlaw Sprint, uh, World of Outlaw NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series. Uh, he's currently up at 34 Raceway, getting ready for their uh, event this weekend there and at Wilmot. Chase Robin, how you doing? Hey guys, uh, thanks for having me on here. Always enjoy coming on and talking sprint car racing. Always enjoy people that are putting out more content for dirt racing. Uh, I feel like people want more and more of it, so appreciate what you guys are doing here. Yeah, uh, that's uh, one thing I like to do. Just uh, down my part down in the south, we don't have too much for sprint cars. We have the IMCA Race Saver 305 series, the Carolina Sprint Tour. So uh, I like doing, we like doing a big trip once, twice a year to get to do different things. And uh, it seems like our big trip the last two years now has been the Eldora Million. So uh, last year was late miles. Now this year is the sprint cars. And uh, yeah, ready to get back up to Ohio. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm spoiled. I, I don't. I only have to drive two hours. Yeah, Michael's in. Michael's right outside of Sprint Car Country with all the tracks he'd want to go to. Even though every time he tries to go to Williams Grove, they always rain out like three hours before. Yeah, I'm not too far away either. I kind of just recently, I guess, somewhat moved to Ohio, so I'm only about an hour and forty five minutes from Eldora. So I'll be there for the million watching in the grandstands. So maybe we'll see you guys there. Yeah, definitely. Well, we'll be roaming around definitely with toilet water in hand and won't be able to post any content live because you know how the Internet is there if you're if you're not in the media center. So <laughs> pretty bad. Yeah, terrible because they just got that it, one it, big tower. God, right, That's probably the worst Internet I've ever had at a racetrack. Yeah, but uh, looking to the Eldora Million. We've had a bunch of drivers have like gone on a lot of streaks, and it seems to just be a big thing in dirt racing in general where one driver will get hot for a while, but it seems to be even more streakier where you'll have a lot of drivers be hot for a very short amount of time. And uh, a couple of those guys this year have been like Rico Abreu, uh, David Gravel, and a couple of other guys. Uh, Chase, who are a couple of the guys you're looking at the most for this million this week and the Kings Royal? Uh, I think the favorite right now, uh, you know, if you went to Vegas and they had 
uh, the odds on it. I, I think that Rico uh, right now is the guy that everybody's watching. He's been, I think, overall the, the fastest car in the country this year. Got, you know, three or four, or I can't remember how many exact wins he's got with the Outlaws so far, but, you know, he was on a super long streak of top fives at, with, with, the, with the Outlaws, with All-Star, with High Limit. Every track, he was in the top five. He was winning. He was competing for wins. Uh, he was really good both nights when we were at Eldora earlier this year. He should have won the All-Star race there and blew mm-hmm. a tire. Um, I just think Rico right now is is the odds-on favorite. But like you said, there's guys that are really hot right now. One of them is David Gravel. He hasn't he hasn't finished outside the podium in his last nine races, but one time. So um, he has never won the Kings Royal. Uh, he has won you know a big race at Eldora before, but um, maybe this will be his year to break through. I mean, that would be a pretty insane summer if he can win the High Bank Nationals and the Million. He'd probably retire after that. <laughs> that. He would be having a Jonathan Davenport year if he did that. Uh, JD had the million, and then instead of having like a 250000 one, he had just like 15, 50000 He won week after week after week, and Gravel only having to do that maybe in four or five races when the Kings Royal, the million, and the Knoxville, yeah, I would I would just retire. I, you wouldn't see me. I'd, I'd start doing something else. I'd, I'd sit comfortable for a little bit, but uh, like I saw – on uh, Flow the other day, their little sprint to a million thing they're doing. Uh, Brent Martin was like, are you going to go chill for a couple of days? going to do this? He's like, no, I got to get ready for King's Royal the next day. We got we got the night before and all that stuff. So uh, that's kind of like a weird mix of how this uh, how these weekends have gone with Eldora Million with the million, their two nights being the Wednesday, Thursday, and then you got shifted into your traditional big Eldora event with the Kings Royal for the sprint cars, getting right back into a big race and racing for another big check, 175000 Um How are your experiences been at Eldora working the event, and um, what what's some of your favorite things about that track? Well, I just, I, I love the atmosphere there. You know, everybody likes to say that they think Knoxville's the the premier race obviously it's got the history and it pays really well and it's a huge event but i think the overall package at eldora in my opinion it, i like it way better um i like the racing way better Eldora. Uh, i like the pageantry of the king's royal with the the crown and the you know the um, the cape and all this stuff you know i i like that kind of um theme behind it um, and and the race, the, I mean the fireworks and the and the big uh, the flame shooters and all the crap they got going on there, I, I love it. And it feels like every time we go there, uh, I've been there for day shows. I've been there when it's rained a bunch, and it seems like every time I've been, it, they get it in a spot where it can race really well, and you can pass, and you can drive from the back and get up to the front. Um, there's always two and three grooves, so. Um, I, I love going to Eldora. I love the, the snack bar. They got the, they got the best concessions. Um, yeah, uh, I'm excited to be there. Now, I did have one bad experience there when we were there for the for the double Kings Royals or whatever it was in, in 21. That was pretty rough because we, uh, we had to do two Kings Royals in one day. We actually stayed live on Dirt Vision between the two Kings Royals. I had to fill a bunch of time between there. Uh, that was a pretty rough day in my in my uh, job, but other than that, usually have pretty good experiences at Eldora. I heard helps too. Like Eldora is just 
they really take pride in their marquee events. They're not going to really slack at all. This is like really their season. They don't have that, that many, too many shows that are not sanctioned from All-Stars to Lucas to Woe. So they really take these, I feel like they take these events with a lot of pride. So I think that's what makes it even more special. Yeah, they, they put a lot of work in. You know, they they make it an event that you want to be at, right? I mean, not, I'm not saying Knoxville doesn't. They absolutely do. They have the, they have a band there and all that stuff. The whole town does. I feel like being, yeah, exactly. And the whole town, it gets taken over, right? But It's like when they're doing four wide for the million last year, it's like you can't, you can't beat that. Like, like people everywhere, it's like incredible experience. Absolutely. I mean, I... I haven't gotten many feelings uh, in this job like I did at the, my first Kings Royal when I was in the infield. It was the, I, the first one, I should say, was in the daytime, so I feel like it wasn't quite as exciting, wasn't quite as dramatic. But that nighttime Kings Royal, dude, it was like the atmosphere was, I've never felt anything like that before, besides maybe at the Chili Bowl a couple times. But um, it is, it's dramatic, it's high stakes. Um, and you just really never know who's going to win. Like I said, we got guys that come from, you know, way back in the pack and get up to the front and have a chance to win. So, I mean, like we said, we got a couple of our favorites, but I could see somebody that we didn't really talk about maybe in this podcast that could end up winning this thing. There's a bunch bunch of those names that were, if you would probably rank them in like the top 20 to 30 range that, they could get lucky with the wheel of misfortune. They could end up being on a first or second row and be able to start off strong and fight some of those like top, top elite level guys that are coming through the field to try to revenge because they end up on the invert having to restart or start the event like 11th or 12th. So, the, like, who's hot right now? Like I said, I, I think one of my favorites is I want to say Anthony Macker. He just won PA Speed Week. Basically, Nile is kind of Nile is the Port Royal starting a little bit back, but he's he hasn't been that strong in Eldora. But I feel like he can be, he's one of those guys that can be a surprise if he gets set up right and he gets kind of some luck to him on Thursday. I agree. I think Macri is a guy that, like in that kind of um, in that group that we're talking about, that could be somebody that you weren't expecting to win the million. Uh, he could be one of them. There's a couple other guys that. Uh, you know, I'd have to look at the entry list, but, you know, there's guys that can just show up and, and if they hit the setup right, like you said, if they can get the wheel of misfortune going the right way, if they can catch cautions at the right time, um, they could be in contention. I mean, hell, Danny Dietrich, uh, a couple years ago, he ran third in one of the Kings Royals, right? I mean, that's, I don't think of Danny Dietrich as a favorite to win the million, but, I mean, he ran third at the Kings Royal, you know, a year ago, so uh, he's he's another guy, potentially. There was even a there was even a bigger long shot last year that started way up front for the historical big one, Cy Lynch. He started way up front. We thought he was gone, and then his car caught on fire really early. And it's just just anything can happen. Anything can happen any night, especially in these big events with so much on the line. And that's why I like the format they've got because it's not like the regular outlaw format, right? Where everybody, you know, whoever qualifies quickest is going to be, you know, probably up front for the feature. I mean, it's, you got the invert, you got that wheel of fortune, you got now prelim night, uh, all this stuff that leads up into it. It doesn't matter how good you qualify for this deal. I mean, you could, you could be a guy that qualifies 20th and, you know, be in a decent spot for the feature. 
Um, and that that makes it exciting for me because I I don't want to sit there at that race and watch the same guys that I watch every uh, weekend, you know, battling out for a million. I want to see a couple of these random guys up there. You know, that just makes it even more interesting to watch. Uh, I feel like all of that too. I feel like flow thank you just in general i think they're trying to they're taking them from dirt late model stuff to sprint car stuff and really just mashing it together with the best of the best ideas like split field wheel misfortune even the cruise cone roll is going to be employed for the million now. so I mean, i'm really excited to see all this and see how it's really going to work out for an event like this yeah i'm not sure how much the cruise cone or whatever is going to really come into play really but um it's uh it's definitely an interesting thing that you know high limits brought in i think it was a little more interesting the first night or two when nobody really knew exactly what was going on Lakeside. there was guys that maybe didn't, didn't go to the driver's meeting and didn't really know what the hell was going on but um yeah i i like all these new ideas they're trying to bring in with this with the event and the freedom night and all this other stuff so um, it's going to be fun. And like you said, we're going to have a couple toilet waters, maybe a couple royal flushes and some uh, hot cheese bites or whatever you want to say. Hot, and, hot and, cheese uh, balls on the pizza fun. burger. I haven't tried that yet. I have heard about that, but I have not tried it yet. Okay, if you're going to get the che- uh, pizza burger, you have to have the cheese balls on it. For some reason, it's not as good without the cheese balls on it. you got to have the cheese with it. The pizza burger kind of was underwhelming the first time yeah, I tried it. Yeah, honestly. Hyped it up way too much. Yeah, I saw JC and a bunch of people that are there last year. They got there like the day or two before us for the million last year, and they're just hyping it up crazy. Obviously, everybody hyped up toilet water that lived up, obviously. But I just tried the cheese. I tried it without the cheese balls. I'm like, this is okay. This ain't nothing too crazy. And then I think it was Saturday during that huge rain delay before they just postponed it six months. Um, that uh, tried it with the cheese balls and i was like man this is actually a good burger this is actually a good sandwich now so a little tip for everybody out there and and chase but um yeah so you mentioned the chili bowl a few minutes ago uh you ended up winning the huge chili bowl pool this year uh and it ended up being like one of the first years you actually didn't make it to the chili bowl so how did that happen you know i that this year i missed the chili bowl. It was the first time i missed it in 10 or 11 years you know i haven't gone since 2011 maybe or 2012 um and you know i basically you know we uh me and a couple buddies that worked for dirt vision and the outlaws we went to vegas um uh in november uh, after the season last year and i kind of went in there i had a set amount of money that i was willing to lose because you don't go to vegas thinking that you're gonna win right you just kind of trying to mitigate your losses while you're there. And we were there for way too long. We were there for like six days. Um, and I kind of lost a little bit too much money. So I didn't really have the funds to go to Philly Bowl and buy the $500 pit pass and the flights and the hotel and all the stuff, you know? So I was like, Oh, I guess I'll just skip out on it this year. And of course, the one year that I don't go, um, is the year that I end up winning the pool, which is crazy because, you know, for the last 10 or so years, I go on Monday for the, for the practice night and you, you do all this research and you're watching every guy go out there and practice and all this stuff. And you think that you've got an edge on the competition this year. I didn't see any of that stuff and somehow won. So, um, that was, I made more money than the guy that ran probably third place in the, we heard the end of it with, uh, you made, uh, probably more than third place in the A main. 
Heck, may, I don't even know what second pace, but it was probably close. Yeah, probably five thousand or six thousand, something like that. They they really need to raise the purse for that entire event, and there there's been all types of other uh, things that people have said about that, and more stuff will come up in December and January once that event comes back. But uh, what what has been your overall vibe so far this year to the to the outlaw season? It's kind of been an up and up and down season for a bunch of guys, uh, guys that we thought would be more towards that top three, four range are a little bit lower, like a shoe heart or, or a Sheldon. And then we just have the really tight points battle between gravel, Macedo, and obviously Brad sweet. Uh, what, what has been your feelings about the year so far? Well, it's as somebody in this position that I'm in, you know, talking about these guys every single night, you know, it doesn't get much better than watching, you know, Carson and Brad and David, you know, kind of fluctuate between the points battle. You know, there wasn't, it was a couple weeks ago. David was, 30 or 40 back and now he's four back and then you know Carson was you know he's been 50 back then he gets to the point lead then he loses it then it's going back and forth and um as a race fan as a announcer um I just think that right now this season how it's going there's so much parody I feel like and that's what you love to see you know there for a long time it was all about it was just the Donnie shot show every weekend right it was just all about Donnie he was the guy that everybody had to beat and now you know, there's uh, quite a few championship contenders, man, and I think that's what brings more eyes to the sport. More people watch when that's the case. So, um, yeah, it's been fun so far. Who do you think gets the championship at the end of the year with next four months of the season? Well, I think it's hard to say at this point in time, but, you know, obviously um, Brad's obviously a four-time champion for a reason. Um, he's done it. He's done it that many times, and he's been – super consistent um and i just think for david and carson it's hard to um it's hard to win the first one right that's it's the hardest part to get the first one out of the way and we saw brad barely do it the first year that he won against donnie mm-hmm. um so i just think it's it's hard for david and carson you know david was close last year and then you know basically choked in the last race of the year at charlotte Pretty uh, much. We were there for that. it's just yeah i mean it's it's tough to get that one out of the way. So I, think, I think Brad's, I think Brad's the favorite, obviously. But I just want to see somebody new win. You know, I want to see how Carson would react to winning a World of Outlaws championship in November in Charlotte. I think it'd be a pretty cool celebration. That that would be so special for Carson, his family, the JJR guys. Uh, it, that would really be something really cool. And even with the big game guys, it would be pretty cool with. Uh, uh, all those guys, they're sponsored with Billion and Husits and uh, all of them. Uh, but, Michael, you have a question for, for Chase? I, I think it's going on a little bit more. I think just in general, too, like, I, I feel like you might have those guys that are hot. They get, like, on a hot streak, but you're not going to get Brad Sweet, David Gravel, Carson Macedo every year consistent like these three guys do almost constantly. Like, it doesn't matter if they're slow or struggle a little bit, they always have a shot to win no matter what. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. That's what it's kind of been like for the last two or three years. It's kind of been those three guys. Um, And that's just kind of, I don't know, I feel like that's just when you're with the same team for a while and you got good crew chiefs behind you. And obviously those guys are all really good drivers. Um, You know, Carson won 11 races last year. David's won eight this year. Brad, you know, a couple years ago he won you know, more than 10. So when you get all the right combinations together and stuff like that, it's hard to have 
you know, a bad year. You know, obviously you're going to have a couple bad nights. David's had a couple bad nights so far this year with two DNFs, and if he didn't have those, he'd probably be leading the points right now. He would be leading the points right now, you know. Carson got in that big wreck in Knoxville, and that kind of knocked him out a little bit. Well, act like literally didn't mean to actually say oh, he knocked himself out, but he knocked him out a point, obviously, but a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, those they're the best teams and the best drivers right now, and um, that's why I feel like we see them at the top for the last three or four years now. A lot What's of been like the um, obviously we had the tire change roll this year so far. Are a lot of teams liking it? Are they? having it easier to get tires like what's been your point of view on that since that has started yeah the i mean the i don't know some guys it's weird you know some guys say the new tire it doesn't feel much different than i hear other guys say that it's it's completely changed everything um i was talking to i mean just last weekend at cedar lake jacob allen was telling me man i'm still trying to figure out this tire but you know, there's some nights where it's the track's just right and I can I can feel feel like I got something figured out, but then I go into the next night and I feel like it's my first night in a sprint car, you know. So um, it's definitely changed a lot. And I you know, Brad I think said it the best earlier this year on a on a different podcast that, you know, it kinda wiped the notebook a little bit for the crew chiefs and these guys had these same notes for years and years and years and it kinda cleaned that out a little bit and kinda made it a little bit of a refresher. And I think that was kinda I mean that's a good way of putting it. And I think that makes it a little bit more uh, – it made it very interesting the first couple of weeks. Uh, but you clearly saw that the teams that were still fast, even on the old tire, obviously they're still fast on the new tire. You still got Brad. You still got David and Carson. And, you know, Shuhart's up there, fourth in points or whatever. Um, not quite as consistent as the other three. But um, it just shows that the best teams are still able to, to find that speed that you need. But, yeah, the drivers – I've heard very, very mixed reviews from a lot of guys on that new tire. It's been the same thing, honestly, on the late model side, especially down here in the southeast, talking to a bunch of those guys. Uh, they had a little bit of a burn-off period, able to able to uh, have more availability to burn up a bunch of those old tires. But I was talking to a Pennsylvania late model driver a few weeks ago on the show, and Dan Stone, and he said that the good thing about it is you don't have to have so many different tires. Like, they would have, like, 15, 20 different tires in their trailer. They just have to have there just in case they would use it like once a year or two. Like they would have it grooved and siphoned and then a bunch of the time those tires would just get dry rod. So they do like having just a few different options so they know what they got and know that they're going to use those up pretty quickly. Yeah, and obviously I think that helps with trying to keep a good supply of them. You don't have to have a, a bunch of them, you know, a bunch of different kinds or whatever. So that definitely helps. And I don't really know too much about lay models i'm not going to pretend like i do um i'd have to talk to a guy that reports lay models cage sharp a little bit more about that he might have some more info about that that's the joke he's sitting next to me here but um <laughs> yeah I, I mean it's uh i don't know man the lay model stuff is i'm starting to get a little bit more interested in i i you said dan stone i feel is he number two I yeah, think he's, he's, the, two. he's the two black oh, and white car with the american flag hey you're learning. I'm learning more and more about lay models I exactly like so yeah. I, I watched uh, at Volusia this year and last year. I was there for the, you know, uh, Dirt Car Nationals, and that was my kind of my first introduction a little bit into big-time late model racing. And I see why people like it so much. I mean, it's it's pretty exciting, and they got some pretty good characters around there. They sure do. And uh, so <laughs> you've been around the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars for, uh, I think this is your third full year on the road? Yes, exactly. Yep. Oh, okay, so you've been around uh, this is your third full year. 
you've been a little bit, you've been in the booth a little bit. I know you did a bunch of the iRacing stuff uh, a year or two ago. I'm not too sure if you're doing it right now, uh, if they're in season. But uh, so you've been in the booth some, but you've been mostly down in the pits. What's been a couple of things you've learned in your time with the Outlaws? Well, um, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, I learned that as the, on your first day on the job, you don't want to talk to Donnie Schatz under an open red and <laughs> ask him a question that lasts for three whole minutes and then give him the microphone. Um, and I, uh, I guess kind of the main thing you learn in this job to be able to do it correctly and do it the right way, you need to, you need to kind of, you know, make friends with everybody around in the pit area. I mean, like, you know, it sounds, it might sound weird, but, you know, Logan Shuhart and, you know, Jacob Allen and Noah Gass and Bill Rose, like, these guys are almost co-workers, right? I mean, I'm working with them every single night, and you got to be friendly with your co-workers. I mean, obviously, there's a couple guys out here that may not like me, which is fine and whatever, but we got to, you know, you got to work together uh, every weekend. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of amazing. And it takes a while to get to that point, right? You don't just show up and you're best friends with, you know, Carson Macedo, right? But like when you're, when these guys see you a couple nights a week, right? When they, when you're there for a while, that's when they start to, I guess, build that trust, I guess, to tell you, Hey, yeah, man, I, yeah, my, uh, my engine just blew up or whatever, right? Or whatever. Like they, I feel like these guys kind of know who I am now. They know what to expect. Um, and I feel like that's kind of the main thing when it comes to this job. I mean, if I showed up to, uh, a world of outlaws late model race like nobody's gonna know who i am i'm not gonna know them and i'm not gonna go into their trailer and start bs with them right like it's just that's kind of the main thing i feel like i've taken away from from this deal so far for some reason you're saying you're not just gonna go up in someone's trailer and go bs, BS with them at an outlaw show i just imagine you doing that to dennis herb and he's he's the guy that just shows no emotions just him and his wife that work on their car he he could win the Eldora Million last year, and he would have had a straight face. Like, yep, it's cool. All right. And then took the photos and just would have went to bed. Like, <laughs> he, he's Yeah, I've noticed that with him. I've seen a couple races that he won, and in victory lane, he seemed like he, he uh, hated his life at that point. <laughs> yeah. Michael, you got anything for Chase? Not at the moment, no. Okay. Uh, so what, what would you say is, like, one of your favorite, like, funny moments at the track? It could be during a rain delay, even something, like, before the event even started. Like, staying in the boat last year. That I, I know Hannah tried to recreate you a few weeks ago when she was <laughs> filling in. But uh, well, what was a funny moment like that you uh, enjoyed? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously that, that was a, a pretty good moment. You know, driving the push truck at, at Skagit is always a good time. Um, that's kind of became a regular deal there the last two years is those post truck guys. Every time I show up there, Hey man, drive, you know, gotta drive it again, gotta drive it again, whatever. But <laughs> I think, I don't know about being at the racetrack, but I feel like doing, um, you know, some of these off day segments has been really fun. I know that's not really at the racetrack or whatever, but I was going to um, ask you about that those, later. <laughs> yeah. Those have been super fun. Um, a couple of them have been better than others. Uh, I think the last one we did with Gio was, was really awesome. Uh, having his dad there, that kind of made it a little bit uh, of a different um, different than the other ones that we've had. Nobody else has really had their dad show up to an off days, you know, and obviously he's kind of a high-profile guy. So um, those have been fun. Uh, I'm trying to think of another time, like, at the track that we've had something crazy go. But, oh, uh, not even an outlaw race. Last year at, uh, I had to go do a Super Dirt Car Series race, and we had to replace the, the uh, timing and scoring loop midway through the, through the uh, qualifying session. Um, that was pretty fun. Um, that, we had to do it twice actually. I had to dig up the entire racetrack and put it back in. 
Um, and that was the first time I've ever hit reported about a timing and scoring loop being uh, replaced. So um, I, I, I don't know. They kind of caught me off guard with that one. I have to try and think of some different, different interesting moments that we've had over the years. Uh, uh, you, it's funny you mentioned the time of scoring loop. Uh, there's a track down here that has a 20,000 to win front wheel drive race every year with the SCDRA. Uh, Scriven, and they just flip-flopped their front stretch and back stretch because they built a big tower on what used to be the back stretch by the pits. And so they had to, like, two, three days before the event, they dug up the where the start-finish line timing loop was, and there's still a little bit of a divot, not really up in the racing line, like, closer to the wall, but once you get, like, the lower line and closer to the pits, it was a big bump, <laughs> like, something they would add a steel plate for on the roads when they're too lazy to actually fix it. But... So uh, the series director, you, you probably heard his name. I don't know if you met him. Uh, Kelly Carlson, he was riding around in the uh, – he does a bunch of the Flow Night in America late model stuff. But he was riding around in the water truck. And so he'd be on the lower line and hit that bump, and you'd see like 50 gallons of water fly out of the top of the water truck and just land on the land on the dirt after hitting that bump. And that was just really funny, and you reminded me of that. But uh, um, anything else uh, we got before we let – Chase ago because uh, you got a busy weekend coming up at uh, Wilmot and at 34 tomorrow uh, for the World of Outlaw uh, NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars, and then you're going to be going back to Ohio for a few days, and then we'll see you at Eldora probably Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, I don't know where uh, where we're going to be sitting at at the million, but I'm sure uh, we'll see you guys running around. Is going to be just you two, or are you guys going to have the, the whole gang over yeah, there? No, we're, we're going to have the, we're, we'll have the Mayo Boys. We'll have the Mayo Boys. Uh, Two, wow. two twins uh, with the glasses. You'll see them probably uh, decently bad haircuts like usual when we see them for a big trip. And then our buddy Jeremiah, he'll probably be wearing some black aviators and a cowboy hat. And then me and Michael will probably be wearing jorts for the million. We'll, we'll see what happens there. But, uh, yeah, we're just excited to get out there. And uh, we sat in turn one and two, like kind of before the little uh, hunt, hunt Brothers thing, uh, that little concession stand once you get into the bleachers in one and two. But, we're considering right. more uh, three and four this year. We, we'll see how it goes, see how we feel. Yeah, um, I'm sure we'll, like I said, I'm sure we'll see you guys around. Maybe we'll see you in the, uh, the toilet water line or something uh, throughout those two days. So, um, yeah, it should be a fun week. Uh, it's going to be cool to uh, witness history, and I'm interested to see who leaves there with a million. I mean, I feel like right now there's a pretty good number of guys that could have a good shot at it, so it's, it's going to be fun. It sure will be. Thanks for coming on, Chase. We really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. See ya. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview with Chase. It was awesome to kind of see what his mind is thinking right now, going to the Eldora Million and what his plans are for it. Uh, working, being a fan the first couple days of the event. But, yeah, I'm just so excited to get out there. You guys are going to see a – it's going to be a different type of content, different style of how it's going to be coming in. It's not going to be like the straight race, like I've arrived, here's how all the results are, because I'm not going to be credential media for the event. So I'm not going to have any internet. That's probably one of the worst places for internet if you're not a part of that media center there. So I'm probably just going to be recording stuff on there and uploading the next morning, stuff like that. We will have an emergency podcast, Post a Million, with me. Michael, the Mayo Twins, you guys have seen on the podcast a few times before, like with Lake, Lakeside. And then our other buddy, Jeremiah, he's a wild card. He's from Denver. Uh, he comes out with us these big trips every year now. And, yeah, excited to see what other bullshit he's got to say about uh, what might or might not happen. So, yeah, let's get into the racing we had this weekend. This is currently being recorded on Sunday. It should be coming out on Monday. But... 
Carolina Speedway had a racing and wrecking night where they had like a demolition derby, enduro, and Pro Fours and Crown Vex were the only two actual events I can find the results for on on a race monitor. So let's get those results. Crown Vex, it was Chandler Barker getting the win over Jason Ludford. And in the Pro Fours, it was Dylan Warden getting the win over Cody Verbose and Cody Barber. Jerry Oliver, fourth. Jake and Kinder, fifth. AJ Barker, sixth. And Brandon Henson, twelfth. Okay. Uh, that's a good feel for them. Uh, they were the only Pro Fours running in the area the entire weekend because East Lincoln's off. Cherokee wasn't running on Friday. But, yeah, the next race will be a, uh, a regular show next week, the 14th, with Lightning Late Models, Super Sportsman, Thunder Sportsman, Thunder Bombers, Hornets, Pro 4, and Ford Outlaws. And that is going to be their 50-50 night. I, I feel like tracks I do 50-50 night every night, but maybe it's like a bonus or something. I'm not too sure. But they should have a pretty good show. Uh, they've had some solid solid car counts throughout the year, I believe. Uh, yeah, so let's go to where I was right now. I was at the place your mama warned you about, Cherokee Speedway. And like I always say, if you need a in, more in-depth analysis of every single, the, all the support divisions and uh, just more about Cherokee, check out my buddy Will Richards' podcast. He does their social media and the Cherokee Chatter podcast. Go check him out. Uh, he does great analysis and interviews every week with the place your mom warned you about. And, yeah, we had a good night at Gaffney. Um, 10,000 to win. We had, I believe, those 26 cars on hand, which was about what a lot of us were expecting. And I'm just going to go through the results. I'm going to leave the late models for last. The Renegade Sportsman was won by Brandon Kennard. All the, like, uh... I don't know if I said it really last week, but all the support divisions were running for at least, like, I think 1000 1200 bucks, which is awesome for those guys. Brandon Kennard got the win in Renegade Sportsman. Thunder Bomber was Luke Doggett picking up, I believe, is his fourth in a row at Cherokee. Extreme Four was Casey Tau picking up the victory. Pure Stock was Mickey Brock getting the win. And in the Mid-East Super Late Models, I'm just going to go through everything in this event. In Hot Laps, it was Fergie time. Friend of the show, Chris Ferguson going quick time. In hot laps, in the two qualifying groups, it was Zach Mitchell and Ben Watkins. And the four heats, they were won by Zach Mitchell, Trent Ivey, Ben Watkins, and Fergie. And then in the feature, they had a lot of cautions to start this show off. And then Zach Mitchell broke at about uh, lap 21. And that handed over the lead to Ben Watkins. And low head knocker Trent Ivey ended up getting past Trent. All right, Trent Ivey got past Trent. Trent Ivey ended up getting past Ben and taking the 10,000 to win victory at his home track at Cherokee. It was a very popular win. Awesome to see Trent in that beautiful car uh, get the victory. Uh, second, second was Ben Watkins. Third was Chris Ferguson. And I'll just run through the top 10. Fourth was Jeff Smith. Awesome for that. They had the two Freddie Smith cars there, and they did a three-wide salute pace in the field as the pace cars before it. Uh, that was awesome. They went around with the American flags uh, for opening ceremonies. It, that was really cool. Fifth was Anthony Sanders, friend of the show. Sixth was Rambo. Seventh was Jordy Nipper. Eighth was Bryson Harper. Ninth was friend of the show, Gray Parton. And tenth was Donald McIntosh in his debut in that Billy Hicks 79. That's about what I was expecting for that car, I feel like. But the, the next race for Cherokee Speedway is going to be this upcoming Saturday, July 15th, and the Steel Block Bandits are going to be coming into town with uh, their weekly divisions of Crown Vicks, but no 604s. 
It's going to be the Steel Block Bandits run for 5,000, Street Stocks 1,000, Renegade Sportsman 800, Thunder Bomber 700, Pure Stock 600, Extreme 4 500, and Crown Vicks run for 350. There'll be Gates at uh, 4 for Pits, Stands 430, Hot Lap 715. Uh, $5 off for the veterans. Kids are going to be 12 and, 12 and younger are free. And uh, go over the re uh, other track, uh, East Lincoln. They're not running this upcoming weekend. Making sure I, they might have an enduro this weekend. I'm making sure. Hold up with me for just half a moment. Appreciate it. Yep, they have a enduro and backwards race. Well, I'm not too sure what a CMOU is. It says CMOU slash enduro slash backwards race. But the classes is having Duro and backwards race. So I believe that might be uh, another destruction derby type thing. And But their next actual race is going to be in two weeks, July 22nd. And then for our series, which is going to take me to Saturday night at Lancaster with the Carolina, uh, not Carolina class, they're next week, uh, Ultimate Super Late Models. Why does MRP not want to work for me today? But I don't know. Still love MRP. Uh, yep, there we go. So lost a decent bit of cars from Friday night that they're expecting because Zach Mitchell, he broke a couple other cars. It was just too hot for them to be able to work on their stuff from out. People not feeling well, having breakdowns along the way. But ended up with 16 cars and, and qualifying. And, okay, go to my, who do you think was fastest qualifier at Lancaster in a super late model? No, it was not Ben Watkins. It was Christian Thomas beating Ben by a tenth and a half with an 18897. Ben had a 19-116. Then Donald McIntosh randomly popped up third. Jeff fourth, Michael Brown fifth to round out that for qualifying. And then they were supposed to be the third feature. There was a big storm look like it was rolling in and didn't start getting raindrops till right when Victory Lane ended, which was awesome. They moved it up to the uh, first feature. They are supposed to be third. And, you know, let's see how this race went. You can expect it was a Ben Watkins beatdown. His fourth straight win at Lancaster dating back to 2021. And, yeah, it was a great night. Uh, Christian Thomas got a little loose and came down into Ben, I believe, on lap two. He did lead the first lap, so Ben led 39 out of 40. Michael Brown and his brand-new Rocket rallied up to second. Uh, third ended up being Jeff, which awesome for Jeff. Fourth, Christian Thomas. Fifth, Rambo. Sixth, Big A. Seventh, Gray Parton. Eighth, Willie Milliken. Ninth, Jordy Nipper. And then lap down was Donald McIntosh and David Yandel. Twelfth was Greg Clark. Thirteenth was Richard Lynch in the Ricochet chassis. Fourteenth was Ron Gearing. Fifteenth, Adam Yarborough. And sixteenth was Steve Benall. Uh, solid field, and their next race, I believe, is Sumter, August 5th, running for 10000 a win. I will be there for that in just under a month. Uh, let's go over the rest of our series. Carolina Clash, they're going to be running this upcoming Saturday, the 15th, at Fayetteville Motor Speedway. Uh, that is, um, they do have a makeup later in the year for their... Memorial Day race, I believe. I don't believe this is the makeup. I believe this was already on the schedule. 
SEDRA off until the 21st and 22nd for the Rebel Yell. And the Carolina Sprint Tour, they, everybody went up the mountain, go to Smoky Mountain for their debut in Tennessee. Everybody got loaded out. Looked like they had a good group of cars. They had 12 of them, including Ben McCall, Brianna, Frutchie, the Tylers, uh, the McLeans, uh, everybody, Sean Vardell uh, with his swallowed foot. He was obviously there. Um, yeah, uh, they they end up getting rained out. They're going to – not rained out. They're going to – it's postponed, but they're going to – Work with a track to try to find a date that works for both of them to be able to make it up there and put on a good show for the fans in the great state of Tennessee that want to see some sprint cars. I believe the USCS is going to be in the area next weekend, but obviously I'm going to be up at Eldora with the boys. Uh, I'm probably going to be trying to do some vlog style stuff besides just getting some content. Uh, if you guys want to support the trip any and support uh, sponsor my content through that, uh, send me a message on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, doing which page, my personal page. It doesn't really matter with me. And also, other big announcement, if you've seen anything on the doing which socials, uh, the t-shirts have been re not released. I've posted design. I'm still taking a couple of orders. Uh, shout out to everybody that said they've wanted a shirt so far. The response has been awesome, and I really appreciate everybody that's been supporting me with everything in doing which. It's a beautiful design. Badass design by Bandit's Custom Graphics. I'm probably going to order them uh, the week after Eldora, so around Rebel Yell. So I would like to have them either for Sumter, uh, August 5th range, or I want to have them for uh, Rome for the SEDRA Ultimate Combo Race. I'll be out there for that in a month and a half. Yeah, I'm just uh, super excited to get these shirts out to you guys when I can. And yeah, let's have a great weekend at Eldora. Keep up with everything on the Doinch on Dirt. Uh, social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, threads, actually, barely. <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts, if that if that threads thing's really going to stick around. But I appreciate all the support everybody, uh, everybody's been giving me. Go back and listen to last week's episode with Derek Treese and Kyle Loader. Uh, that's one of the best interviews I've had, just their stories and uh, some of the funny stuff at the end. And uh, all the last episodes, everything's just been great. And today was no exception, getting to talk to Chase. Uh, he's one of the best personalities on a mic, uh, and the work he put in with the World of Outlaws is just great, and I appreciate him coming on. And, yeah, we'll see y'all at Eldora, and if you can't make it, go watch on Flow Racing, and go to a track if you're able to, and just uh, support racing the best you can. Have a great one. Appreciate y'all.